Rapping order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and V. We are once again joined by my guy Mo here. Thanks for having me again. No boys, man. Or the Overfood Podcast. Thank you guys for having me yes. again. Yeah, yes, bro. man. Please Pleasure make sure you, you plug your shit, mm-hmm. man. Pause. Um. So today, <laughs> so today we're getting into the ecstatic. It's uh, it's an album from Mo's Death, released in 2009. Um, Mo's was at an interesting place in his life, right? He had released two albums prior to this that didn't do so well for him. Um, so he kind of, in that space, he filled that that um, blank space with just doing more films, which a lot of people don't know that that's actually how most started out, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he did a commercial with Deion Sanders, right? So when he was younger, he was like a child actor. Like, he, he was, like, put in, like, his parents put him into um, film at an early mm-hmm. age. So that's why, like, I mean... A lot of times, like, some people become actors, you be like, wow, like, that person's actually a really good actor, but, like, he's, like, trained. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, classically trained <laughs> yeah. to be an actor. Like, he's not, like, somebody that's a natural. Like, yeah. Nah. But he made it so big as a rapper that, you know, uh, acting became secondary, and a lot of people know him for his music, obviously, than they do for his acting. Um, but he's done some great movies, too. But uh, this album in particular was special for a lot of reasons. He had a uh, production from Mad Lib on here. He had the Neptunes. He had Jay Dilla. He had uh, Preservation, which is a uh, frequent collaborator for him. Um, Mr. Flash. And um, this album, pretty much, I like how he used this album. It was released independently through Downtown Records. I like how he used this album to kind of talk about the same things that most is familiar with, right? So, like, he talks about, you know, he gets into his political bag and uh, the production that he chose to do that with on this album has always been really interesting to me. And even the album cover, the name of the album. So uh, the album is actually named after, his name is Victor. So oh, he has, it's a, it's you a have it? book that he has. Yes. Uh, See, this is, why, this is why we work so well. Yes. Because he so, knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking um, about. His name is Victor uh, Damo. Lavelle. Yeah, Lavelle's. Yeah. Um, it's a, and it's a, it's, it's a, Two two thousand and two dark humor novel. Right, and um, it's called the ecstatic, and um, and I was trying to, I was always interested in like why he named it after that, and where are the parallels, and um, I think most just identifies fully with the um the title of this book, um, because when you read the book, the book is about like a twenty three year old horror movie guy that like that's obsessed with horror movies, and um. It follows his life for, like, two months. Um, and it tells his life of, like, being schizophrenic and um, being a college dropout. And it's like, well, how does that really mirror most Death's life? Um, mm-hmm. But I think he just identified with the title of this book more than anything, at least. I think, well, um, I think that he identified with the title of the book. But in the book, like, there's, like, certain things of um, people kind of, like, being, like, fearful of him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and me... Knowing what I know about most of, I know that most Def is very much pro black. Yes, and I think that like he took it First as album. of how like white people, yeah, black on both sides. How how like white people or, or people of other races kind of like react to a black man, mm-hmm. 
and or like you know just and I think like he kind of like in a uh, a cynic kind of way kind of like finds humor in it. Yeah. So I saw that's just like where I was just like really trying to like rap this thing because you I was at the same place you were, and I was like damn like why like why would most deaf like you know and then I even thought it's like recent excerpts from the book but I was like. Yeah, I kind of want to get the book actually because the cover of it is so interesting to me. Have you seen the cover of this? I book? did not see the cover. Nah, it's like a, um, <coughs> I'll, I'll pull book. it up. This yeah. So uh, I know it was an exhibit for this album, like an art exhibit or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, he made an exhibit for this. Yeah, it was an art exhibit for it. Yeah, when he when he did that, he re-released vinyls for it, and I wish that I had known. It's a very interesting cover for a book. Look at this shit. <laughs> Right? I wonder why he didn't use that for the album cover. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> you all know, that probably was his first choice. That, like, was scared, that was scared the shit out of somebody yeah. out, out of your house. You see this on somebody? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, my pops being up, like, terrified seeing Nas and the end album with the, with the slave whips on Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like, yeah, why yeah. would that nigga do that? Yeah, why would he do that? Um, oh, fucking Nas. Uh, but yeah, so this album came out at a very interesting time when... Most Def as a rapper, you know, well, formerly known as Most Def, you know, Yasin Bey, when as a rapper, he was looked at in a very different... People still didn't know what to make of Most Def. And I think a lot of people still to this day don't know what to make of Most Def as a rapper. Like, they respect him, but they don't really do deep dives on his work. Um, so this album, Most is on record of saying that he wanted to offer listeners sincere, uninhibited observations about life and love. Some truth and positive heart lift without the Neva Club songs. And I think when you listen to this album, I think he did that because it has, it's still groovy. It has a groove to it, you know, but there's a lot of influence of jazz and poetry and, um, and blues and even Spanish music. And so all the things that he's into, he found a way to like kind of make it into this presentation True. And, um, and make it as digestible as he could. I really, really hope that most Def and Quincy Jones cross. Well, I know they've crossed paths, but I really hope that they work together. Um, Quincy Jones has like a very avid love for Brazilian music, mm-hmm. and there's like that <laughs> joke, like where he's like, "You listen to Brazilian music?" <laughs> like just changing the topic on shit. But like, what I, like like most Def is kind of like very, very like he has like a very vast knowledge of music, and if you listen to like some of the samples that he uses. Or if you watch some of his interviews and the things that he talks about, him and Quincy Jones, I would just love for them to just get into like a a, a, a zone, and maybe like they just need like a couple days or whatever like that. Quincy's a lot older now, you know, so Quincy kind of like his time is like limited. But like, I wish I really would like to see what they could create together. Um, when I listened to this album, it kind of like made me think of that because like he, I felt that like that most felt like if he didn't. If he didn't do what he did with this project, it probably he probably wouldn't have been able to make it on Rockets. And I think that was like a big problem for him as well, if I'm not mistaken. Like the reason why like he didn't put this album out on Rockets was because like, I think they kinda like wanted they, they wouldn't accept this album. So that's why he went off and did it with another label. Right? Um, I, I wanna say you're right. I, I don't remember in particular. I just know this album was his first like independent album. Um and, and that could be for that reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, because the they were promoing this album like a couple months before the initial date, and mm-hmm. it, um, I think Rockus wasn't like ready to put it out. So yeah, he just like went out and went this, about his own way. And this album, like a lot of most Def's career, like um, 
this album was received well, but it didn't do well numbers wise. I think to this date, it sold maybe like one hundred and seventy thousand. Um, no, I think True Magic is the one that did the the off like did awful. That did awful. Because like this album was like his redemption album. Yeah, it was. Like, I mean, was he, his redemption album. it was res, it was his redemption album sound wise, yeah. and, and because a lot of people didn't like uh, what what was it was it the New Danger? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like that one. I almost referred... It's I, shocking to hear that because I like that album. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people the didn't like The Beggar is like a song that I go back to a lot. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people don't really know what to make of most. Like, they... I feel like he has this air to him where people know that they're... Feel like they're supposed to love him. It's like Andre But they don't do the work yet. But, okay, we'll get to that later because I do want to bring up a question on that. But um, they both they're both well respected in their space, and like, whenever they do something like a true fan of his is mm-hmm. going to tap into yeah. it. Yeah, but I feel like Andre Andre is respected and beloved way more than most Def. Well, I think I think that's because like Andre kind of like played the game a lot longer than most Def did. Yeah. So when he when when Andre stepped away from music, we were able to miss him. With most Def, most Def comes off like the angry black man. Um, you can see that in a lot of his interviews. So. He's always been like anti everything, and like he's already like kind of like been like on edge with like the big corporations and things like that, and that's why like he was like, all right, you know what, fuck music, I'm gonna go into acting. He got into acting and realized like, oh, this shit is the same. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, like I'm just gonna leave the country. <laughs> like yeah. he just was over it. He did. And I, I think he got a world I, yeah, I just think that's that. Uh, I just think that the reason why we didn't get why most stuff isn't as beloved as he could be. Is because he he just couldn't stand to play the game long enough, and he's just one of those people. Like right now, he's talking about making the second Black Star album with Tyler Kweli. Yeah, and I just like, saw that report. And he just and and he was just on Tyler Kweli's podcast, and he basically told the fans like, "You will get the album when it's ready, and mm-hmm. when you get it, you will love it." And he said, "If you really fuck with it, you'll go out and buy it." Like everybody keeps saying what they want from me, what they want from me, and like I'm not I'm not yours. Like I'm not your puppet. Like I'm an artist, and this is why most people that don't make music never understand this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I just realized that like he's just at a point where like he doesn't like it to be felt like it, he's doing anyone because someone told him to do it. He yeah, does, yeah. He's very very strong on doing it because I want to. And that and it's it's special. Artists like that are special because you know Time when they move on their own accord, you really get you usually get really good product from them because there's no pressure. Yeah. Um, I kind of. I kind of wish an artist, like, not in the same element, but not even the same element of talent, but I wish Drake held back his music more nice. and didn't release nah, every year. a guy like that, like, he Drake, has, to, Drake he has to be seen. He I has know. to be seen. No, I get it. But I'm saying, like, I know exactly being what you seen, mean, being seen and coming right out here. every year, you kind of sacrifice your art because that turnaround time is so quick. You don't have time to Drake. really make reflective music. Drake is a pop star, bro. But he so, is a pop star. Yeah. But you want to know what's crazy? I'm not even going to say that because Justin Timberlake don't make albums every year. Mm-hmm. And he, like, isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Justin Timberlake is, I'm not, no, I don't got nothing bad to say. I'm just saying, Justin, you, you, some people will argue that Justin Timberlake was like the biggest pop star for like years. And like, we only, and he only has three solo albums. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those three solos did a lot. I'm the, I didn't say that they didn't. What I'm saying is, is just that like the point that I'm making, Eli, is, is that Drake has to put out an album every year because like he like basically like there's like a worry that like if he doesn't like he'll be forgotten or someone else will come and take his yeah. place. Justin Timberlake puts out a, like basically Justin Timberlake really gets to live his life. He's raising his mm-hmm. kid, like he's married, mm-hmm. like you know he goes off for film shit. 
but he don't have to like keep coming back and like doing stuff to remind us, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, like, that's the difference between a white pop star and a black. That's pop star. that's the point that I was making. Yeah. Is it's just that like the freedom that comes with it. Because I was just about to say, well, that's what pop stars have to do. But like, nah, like shit. When Katy Perry's ready, she'll make another fucking record. Yeah, yeah, Adele. Like, you know what I'm saying? Adele. Adele. Whenever she's ready, she'll make another fucking she'll record. She'll make one. But when and a her black being, artist her being quiet, yeah. only actually, that do that is probably Frank and like Frank Ocean. Yeah, he's yeah, not a pop. Yeah, yeah. Is Frank a pop? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, he's not a pop. But some um, niggas. Put him in that light as well. These not, white, these white, these white artists yeah. being, these white artists being quiet actually raises their profile more. Yeah, like because it builds like, the anticipation. Like, oh, right. what are they gonna do? Like, you know, another another thought. Do you think that as a rap artist, Drake feel like he has to do that because Jay Z sets a standard with that? Um, because well, what standard? Basically, Jay Z. You ever thought about this? The reason why we like, even though like people deem Jay Z old, right? The reason why we never fell out of paper with Jay-Z because Jay-Z always had a presence. He never took a break. Technically, like, until now. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it like this, right? 98 to, like, 03 every 96. year. Yeah, yeah 96. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shit. Just think about it. We've gotten a, a project. We've gotten a significant verse. Like, there's been something significant from... Song. Yeah, like, something from Jay-Z for a long time. Even right? when he for retired, it was for, the yeah, for 20 For 20 years, there hasn't been a year with Jay-Z. We haven't heard Jay-Z rap. Mm-hmm. At least, right? Because other artists, and I know, like we're doing a most album, but think of th- you think of like Daddy Kane and Rakim, like didn't like take breaks, like it, because you, I think when they took their breaks, that's it, like, as soon as they took their breaks, Nas, Tupac, um, Biggie, like all of these artists like bust in, and like then like Rakim and them became old. Rakim was twenty eight years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, and they changed the sound. Those dudes mm-hmm. that you just named. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but they, like, imagine if they would have kept up with the consistency. So maybe it's that with Drake. I, like, as we were sitting here, I'm just thinking about like, wow, like it could I be think, that. I think Drake fears Yo, that like if he takes time off, baby. when he comes, like, I don't think that he has like I think that's a huge difference that him and Kendrick have. Kendrick has like supreme confidence in his music that whenever he puts it out, it'll be the people will be ready for it and they'll yeah. embrace it. But I feel like and Drake feels like he can't take time off. Well, yeah, they're they're in different lanes, and Drake has Drake is more of a people pleaser than than Kendrick. They yeah. they went completely separate ways. I think Cole has a happy medium with that. Yeah, like Cole knows he can take time off, but sometimes he's like, ah, it's for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll give you a verse yeah. like every year. It's centered around Cole having fun. It's yeah. not. It's not a due date of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kendrick um, got fun no matter what he does. Like he could go missing for like a year and a half. Yeah, and that's a go, deeper dive mm-hmm. for me. That that I want to visit at some mm-hmm. point. But um, okay. sorry, gonna, back to the album. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. No, I mean this was great. This was great. This was great. This was great. But uh, but no, yeah, the ecstatic is an interesting album for all of those reasons that we that we did mention. Um, but did we share our initial thoughts of this album? We nah, we didn't. Nah, we kind of like we kind of just jumped yeah, in. Yeah. And shit. How how uh, how long ago did you hear this album? How were you introduced? Okay, so the first time I heard it was in two thousand nine. I was I was um, I just came back to New York from I, I just moved back to New York from Atlanta. I was living in Atlanta for a couple years, and um, I was in Soho, and like I would I would hear some of these songs, um, and. I just like I like I've actually bought the album like and I, I I'm I was kicking myself because I lost my my glorious CD book that I used to have. Ooh. Yeah, man, over over four hundred albums. Damn, classics, bro. Yeah. Classic. So um, and I remember like hearing this project and um, 
around this time was when Most Def was at Dame Dash's studio in um, Tribeca a lot. So that song would like I I like heard this album a lot, right? And then like I just remember like um they they had something for most and like he basically like gave a speech saying like yo basically his he was going on a fucking industry rant mm-hmm. and saying how like you know he kind of like wasn't wasn't like conforming to what people was doing so I already had like an understanding like where he was going with this project mm-hmm. and then like I remember like uh, reading like uh, some of the reviews and they were saying like this is like his return to form but like for me. Because I was always so intimidated by most stuff, I never like thought he fell off. Like I just thought like, all right, he's one of those niggas that like rap and like some of the stuff that he raps about goes over my head, but I know he's nice, right? Yeah. I didn't know that like it was like a a word that he fell off because down south in Atlanta, like people like lyrical niggas, but not lyrical niggas like most deaf. Like right. you wouldn't hear that. Like you, like you had to go to a different part of Atlanta, like you know, <laughs> yeah, to, to, like to, to find uh, to find niggas that like appreciated most deaf. So, like, I was, like, kind of, like, taken aback, like, oh, shit, like, he fell off. Like, I, you know, I just thought he was just spitting that shit. But um, that that's, like, what I, like, remember around this album, like, being surprised that, like, there was a, a, a room, of, a, a, a area of people that thought he fell off and that this was his redemption. Yeah. That was, like, I was very confused. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, like, why when I heard this project, I was, like... I don't like I like for me like I felt like there was never any drop off. Yeah. Now that like I'm older, I understand what they meant mm-hmm. about what his subject matter. But I think that that second album he didn't want to make. I think he felt forced, and that's when he started falling in love with the music. Yeah, I agree. Well, how about you? Same. I didn't know anything about like the like him falling off because like I just thought like he was just always nice and like he was one of those rappers that record sales didn't define his career. Like he was never looking right. at the charts. Mm-hmm. So like when I remember like. Like reading an article on Hot New Hip Hop saying most Def redemption album when this came out, like they did like the review about it, and I was like, okay, like when did most Def fall? I just always thought he was just super lyrical and he was sh- like Torian said, he just said shit I did not understand, but yeah, yeah. I would nod my head because hey, mm-hmm. nigga's nice. Like it's his, it's his presence on <laughs> it's songs, it's his voice, it's his uh, it's his delivery that like really sells it. But, um, I yeah. see, like, later on, like, it, like the like track, like, the song with him and Slick Rick, I can see, like, if you go back and listen to, like, any song on The New Danger, like, you'll mm-hmm. see, like, he actually was having fun making this album more right. than any, uh, any of those albums from, like, True Magic or yeah. to, to The New Danger. Like, it felt like he was back in that safe space while he was recording, like, yeah, Black yeah. on Both Sides or the um, Black Star album. For yeah. sure. Um, I think... I think my well no I remember my exact introduction to this album. It was actually Eli that put me onto this album. Sure, Eli. We were on the train. I don't know where we were going. <laughs> That's the day he and got the hard copy gets, of the album. <laughs> he, well, no. So Eli gets Eli goes on these like really like fucking passionate rants <laughs> on shit that he loves. Right. So it makes you feel like you a fucking loser if you don't know about it. So uh, like he wanted them to yeah yeah he is he is <laughs> he, he is. absolutely is so we were on the train mind you this album so this album came out in '09 I met these guys around late '09 2010 mm-hmm. so I hadn't heard this album yet but I remember we were on the train and he was like yo have you heard this I think he still had that fucking iPod Classic he's yeah. like yo have yeah. you heard this you need this album. You need, like, he just was going on this whole campaign about it. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, whatever. So I got home, I downloaded it, 
Um, I got into it, and I'm like, yo, like this is really dope. I mean, the aesthetic of this album, the the presentation of it, the album cover, like everything about it, the production, all of it hit to me. And I, and like you guys, I didn't recognize a fall off of Most Def because mm-hmm. he was just always one of those artists I just respected. So um, I didn't see it at all. But when you go back and you listen to Black on Both Sides, and then you listen to The New Danger, and then you listen to... What was the other one that you said? True Magic. True Magic. Um, You listen to those and you listen to this, there's a vast difference in in all of his shit. Um, So from that time, I've always respected this album. But we can all we can actually get into the album itself. I like when Most Def sing on some of his songs. When he what? When he sings, he's not like the best. I singer. like when he sings. He's, it's kind of like I mean I like when when Kanye sings too. He's not no, the best I singer. Love, I love Omi says. Yeah. I like Brown Skin Lady. Yeah, he really yeah. did still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, a talented dude. Like he yeah. is, man. Um, so so this album kicks off with Super Magic. It's produced by Ono. How we feeling? Um, like powerful opener. It's mm-hmm. one of those projects that um, this song really like stood out to me. Obviously, he opens with a speech. Um, Malcolm X. Yep. Yeah. And like it, like it, or it, or like obviously is already drawing your attention. And then like it's such a vast difference from like the other albums that came out in two thousand nine that year. If you think about it, like in two thousand nine, when this project dropped, I can I can argue with somebody that this was the best rap album in two thousand nine. Wow. Let's see. You got a list there? Uh, Only Built for Cuban Links 2, Man on the Moon, um, Brother Ali's Us, Wale's Attention Deflect, uh, MF Doom's Born Like This, Q-Tip the Abstract, the Black Rock album, which I loved, um, UGK for Life. Oof, you think this is better than Deeper Than Rap? (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Um, Gucci Man's The State versus Roderick Davis The Clips to the Classic Drops What about The Last Kiss? Uh, no, it's definitely better than The Last Kiss Yeah, I didn't Blueprint like 3, I hated that album Jim Jones, Play for Rain <laughs> um, Cameron, Crown Pays 50 Cent, Before I Felt the Struck Eminem's The Relapse yeah, Snoop Dogg's Malice in Wonderland <laughs> yeah. J. Cole's The Warm Up Drop Fabulous's Loso's Way We oh. Are Young Money Little Wayne's No Ceilings Drake's So Far Gone mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's arguable. Like, some people might think that Deeper Than Rap is, is the better project. But I, I'm think, telling it, you, I like, think it might be Deeper Than Rap. Deeper Than Rap. Um, but no, this this album definitely knocks all of all of the other ones out the water. So you would you say name. that it's at least number two? Yeah, absolutely. Out of the, all the ones that you name, it's definitely there. But Deeper Than Rap. I don't and like I, and I do love, on Deeper Than Rap. I, I don't like that song. I do love Till the Casket Drops. That's Til a Cas- really good one, too. I bought, but, yeah, um, I love I bought that on... I bought the hard copy of that. Yeah, Eli. I bought, I bought a CD, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but no. So I think that's a that's a really interesting take, I think. And it's not... That's, really, that's a good observation. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of albums that like, came out that, yeah, that parallel. That was a weird year because I just remember Fifty Cent and Rick Ross is going at it. <laughs> every, that like, was a crazy year. <laughs> like every that's day. actually one of the weakest years in hip hop. Yep. Yeah, because 2010, like everything just sparked. We got Monster Mondays, um, mm-hmm. Good Fridays. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Monster Monday. Nobody ever talks about Monster Mondays. Yo, that, that was a thing for me, bro. Yeah, like, you remember the transporter? <laughs> Rick yeah, Ross? Yeah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of oh, shit. That, that was a great year. Um, 2010 but, was definitely a redemption year for hip-hop. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, 
But no, Super Magic, like uh, like Torian was saying, is a really strong opener. You got that Malcolm X uh, speech that opens it, so you already know like the type of bag we about to get into. The beat was um, good too. Yeah, he's talking about the government treatment of minority groups. Like he's he's just only most can rap about shit like this and, and like make you be in tune with it, you know? Because his his delivery is always amazing. Um, like yeah, like. Just the Malcolm X speech, like, when I heard it for the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like, <laughs> this, I was fairly young, so, like, I'm like, where are we going with this? And then, like, the beat, when, then the beat dropped, and then, then the beat, <laughs> then the beat dropped, and then, it's like, oh, this sounds like most deaf just rapping, talking his shit like yeah. he normally does. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why, I'm, like, reading those articles, I was like, where did most like, deaf fall, fall off? Because like, in that it's just, yeah. But then you see why, like, I, like I said, he was having fun recording this whole album. Yeah, like, yeah. like every song, like it sounded like a breath of fresh air to mm-hmm. him. Like he was rapping with a purpose in the yeah. sense. Like he was rapping like he was trying to get a new deal. In the yeah. Sense. Yeah. For real. I mean, and. And he he was entering a new deal. Yeah. Um. At that time too. Cause like Rockus and Geffen was on the they were together like they were like mm-hmm. on each other. I might be wrong, right? Not yeah. 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 <laughs> Ruckus um, records. <laughs> but yeah, from so from Super Magic, Super Magic takes us into Twilight Speedball, which is fucking produced by the Neptunes. Shout out Chad Hugo, man. Like I know we give Pharrell like all his flowers, which he deserved. Mm-hmm. But Chad Hugo. Has been a major part, like Pharrell. So I'm great that people don't like to make mentions, but like, yeah, Chad Hugo did a lot, like in the Neptunes. Yeah, like, this sound. isn't this isn't like your. Um, I think Pharrell gets a lot because he's more known. He obviously, yeah, he's he, the he, face. Yeah, yeah. He wants. He's he the face, <laughs> and he's more known. Well, you know, I understand that. And his production, though, the the three count or is it four count? Three, three count. It's just Man. like has been like a cultural thing, you know. Yeah. Um, can't can't top that to the point where when you hear Neptune's beats, it throws people off sometimes because the the fucking the culture has been submerged in Pharrell beats for so long. So like mm-hmm. when you hear Neptune shit, it's like there's a vast difference that people don't understand. Um, but this doesn't sound like a typical Neptune production. Yeah. That's why I was like, when I read the credits, I'm like. Chad, yeah. like Chad, name is on the like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it says the Chad, Neptunes, yeah. that's yeah. like Chad has a Chad has a has a thing about him. So ba- obviously his music is darker, and he and he's huge, big on drums. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Pharrell, I mean, yeah, as Pharrell, he's kind of more like on like hi hats and like mm-hmm. flutes and like mm-hmm. you know kind of like happy beats, more beats melodic call, yeah, type melodic stuff. stuff. But um, shout out to um, Smitty, our boy Smitty. He pointed out to me like a long time ago that actually Chad of the of their solo production, Chad definitely has the better production. Obviously, when they come together, it's magnificent. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You won't you it, you'll be hard pressed to find a production by Chad that's by Pharrell that's better than Chad's. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, yeah, this isn't this isn't your typical production. I do like this song a lot. Um, it kind of throws me off a little bit. Yeah, though. I like when it like... slowed down at the end. Yeah, and yeah. Like, bah, da, bah, da, bah. It felt like they made that shit live in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Like, he was um, like, just get on there and just rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, this one takes us right into the auditorium, which features Slick Rick. Um, this is my shit right here. This yeah. song, this song was actually the first song that I heard from this album. Give me a same. Yeah, it was the first song that I heard from this album, and I was like, caught on that this right was, away. Obviously, it's Slick, you know, the Slick Rick. Hearing that Slick Rick is doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, um, rapping wise, like you're just like gonna lock into it. Any hip hop fan is gonna yeah. Yeah. click it. The fucking mm-hmm. the production is just oh man, it's produced by Mad Lib. If I didn't say that, um, oh my goodness, like it's so fucking good. Like um, just the 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 subject matter of this song with that production, it just does like the way it merges. Is incredible. Like Slick Rick is still like you know one of the greatest storytellers in hip hop, right? And and he shows that here. And every you know, time you hear Slick Rick, it sounds like he just like is like Slick Rick from the eighties. Like, yeah, it don't he don't sound like he doesn't sound dated or and like he's always or, yeah. It's always authentic. Man. I wish he never went to jail because if he didn't get to, if he didn't have, like go to jail, I actually think that like. He's held like even like higher regard than he already is. Like he he gets the respect that he deserves, mm-hmm. but he, he if he puts out another album follow that follows up the Adventures of Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to do that album. Which one? Oh, yeah, the Great. Yeah. yeah, I'll be down for that. I want to do that's, that album. That's a good one. Um, Sarah mentioned that one time while we haven't done it. And I just <laughs> said because y'all don't, y'all don't like albums from the eighties. I put it on y'all. <laughs> I didn't say I don't like. I don't like. It. Yeah, man. it's hard to get y'all. To that's a, a fire album cover too. Like that, yeah. that's a really yeah, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, that's the album that's like thoroughly enjoyed. I think by like everyone, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, auditorium is dope. Um, hearing them like spar and go back and forth is dope. And you know, like Slick Rick is like most rappers like idols. So like getting him on there is like like a blessing to them and everything like mm-hmm. that. So yes, yeah, definitely like yeah, like it's like mean like like a basketball player. Me and Michael Jordan, like oh shit, like, yeah. right? <laughs> I want I want most to, I would like. I would like for most to work with more artists that like we wouldn't expect. Like I would love, love to hear him and Ghostface Killer record a record together because I think that would be really good. Ooh, damn, um, Ghost is like my top five. <laughs> yeah, like I like because he's nice. Like and and he's so Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Like when I, and I'm and so, that's what people love about him too. Yeah, he's such like and and I'm not talking about I don't know like everybody has like different like understandings of Brooklyn. So my understanding of Brooklyn is more along the lines of like dudes like most deaf. That are like super pro black, mm-hmm. militant. Um, like militant, like kind of got like an eccentric kind of like you know style to them and everything like that. Like they wear dashikis and shit. <laughs> like you know, obviously, like I know, like like to me, like Brownsville is like a whole nother world. So like I got like relatives that are like from that area and stuff like that. But just like overall Brooklyn, like you know, they're the kind of dudes that like you know just chill on the block and just like a very knowledgeable. Like it is like every to me every Brooklyn dude is like out of like a Spike Lee movie or some shit like that if that makes sense to you if you watch a lot of Spike Lee movies definitely you know what I mean like they like definitely jazz a, definitely a do the right thing like yeah Spike Lee, like, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like they like jazz um you know they all they Damn, they most, always talk about like the Brooklyn Dodgers yeah, coming back yeah, to New York shit most like that most in a Spike Lee movie will probably be fire yeah. even him like, spearheading a Spike Lee movie will be and amazing. like Brooklyn yeah. cats like they, if you're not from Brooklyn yeah, like, like they, they gonna let you know so bad, yeah probably but that I think that would be so fire him and Ghostface like, would be a good star. star of it yeah, yeah. him and Ghostface on that cause the storytelling on that oh, song man. I would love I would love for most definitely Ghostface to to record like some people say like him and Andre 3000 I'm like yeah that would be dope 
But I want to hear like these two hood, like because most Dev is a hood nigga. Like people don't <laughs> understand that. Like he's because he's cultured and like he's well spoken. They don't understand like most yeah. Dev is a hood he motherfucker. Wear trench coats. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> like nah. Like, I want to hear them. I just want to hear them just the rapping their shit. Like yeah. whatever they gonna like talk about. Yeah. Um. So that takes us into Wahid. Uh, it's produced by Madlib as well. Two back to back beats from, from Mad Madlib. How we feeling? Um, this is another dope track with mm-hmm. most kind of just like most very much. I, I want to know did he have like a, a an experience when he was younger? Because like I get it. Um, you know, sometimes like you have certain things to talk about, but a lot of his songs like he's in like he's talking about certain things. And I'm like, damn, like did he have like a bad experience or like is this just or is he just angry? Like uh, like most stuff comes off as like very angry to me. And, mm-hmm. and understandably so, but I just wonder like is what did something spark his anger, or like is he just saying like I have this information and I know what they did to us, so I'm on, I'm on their necks. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, he does come off that way sometimes. I think. I think a lot of it though is him being. Him kind of explaining why he don't fuck with a lot of people, like right. in a sense, right? So like he he'll explain that. Every so often, but like it's rare for for him to tap into that because he at the same time feels like he don't owe us shit. Yeah, he don't. <laughs> he feel like he don't owe us shit at all. Like, yeah, like yeah, he definitely just like he'll tell. It's like with him, like he's gonna give you the to his best interpretations, give you the information you need to hear mm-hmm. instead of what you want to hear. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Whatever how you want to process it is on you, but he will let you know. I told you this, so when it happens, you. You can't act like mm-hmm. in order of surprise. Yeah. So like in this track, like when he was like to the tail end, I was listening to it. Now I'm like, oh, like this dude has always been like ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. like when it comes down to social issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see how somebody like I feel like somebody like Kanye would align with somebody with this thought process because right, it's how he would want to be perceived, like mm-hmm. especially in his art. Like he want to get, he don't want to give you what you want. He want to mm-hmm. give you what he wants, mm-hmm. and he wants you to just take it and shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I definitely see that on mm-hmm. my like, especially I, on my. I wish they Kanye absolutely like envies most too, like because like most is so free. Yeah, and I think that Kanye wishes that he can do because you got to think like most has like a lot of opinions on things and. He absolutely hates white people, so he always has something like <laughs> bad to say about white people, right? But. I feel like Kanye sees how most moves, and and like wonders why he he can't move like that. But he also has to realize like, mo, like most isn't as famous as Kanye because he doesn't want to be as famous as Kanye. So that's why he walks around like a free man, versus with Kanye. Like we don't know what most deaf kids look like. Most mm-hmm. deaf got mad kids. Most deaf <laughs> got mad kids. Like you know what I'm saying. Like we don't know like what the women that he deal with. You know like there's rumors. I know the Beyonce rumors and everything, y'all. But like we don't know nothing about most deaf life besides that he makes music and and he acts from time to time. Yeah, and he don't like white people. Like, and he got a th- world password. That's the yeah. only thing I do. Yeah, that's, that's it. Fucking, that's <laughs> swag. Um, that so that uh, that song leads us into priority, which might be one of my favorite songs on this album. It's produced by DJ Preservation. Um, frequent collaborator. His uh, this song is amazing. It's he doesn't even curse on this song. It's short. It's sweet. It's about clocks in at under three minutes. Um, it's so like peaceful. <laughs> it's such a peaceful rap, 
but he sounds so fucking good on this beat and yeah. it's so simple and it's so positive <laughs> it's just like he starts the song off peace before everything god before everything love before anything real before everything like yeah. he gets in his pocket on this it's and he stays genius. in that yeah he stays in that bag the whole song it's just so fucking good yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> I didn't even know this he cursed because it was like the song was so fluid that I was yeah like, he says uh he said when he says biatch like if you want to count that yeah, but, but we, <laughs> yeah he doesn't can't he doesn't curse on this song it's just so fluent um but I guess if we want to just get back get into the next one if y'all have yeah. anything okay um quiet just, dog quiet dog bite heart is the next one produced again by DJ DJ preservation. Um, Quiet Dog by Heart is is another track where I'm just like, damn, like, it's, it, I keep, like, realizing, like, I, the more, as I listen to this album, I, it made me think about, remember that, that viral video that he had, and I, he was, like, outside of a stadium with a group of niggas, and he was like, yo, like, I want to battle Jay-Z. Oh, yeah, and he's oh, like, man. he's like, I want to battle all the niggas. Yeah. If y'all say y'all top five, y'all yeah. better than K and all them battle me. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, he, and he, like, said, like, I'm gonna get Lupe Fiasco, like, he, like, he called out his five, the niggas that he was gonna get, he was like, I guarantee you, we'll body those niggas. And I, and it's funny because, like, I think, like, um, all the attention that he got from that shit, like, that's, like, a part of the reason why he was like, yo, fuck America, yo. Like, like, like I'm just tired of this shit. Like, I'm just saying, like, these shit. niggas, and, and he said that he was like, and Jay-Z, no. Like, yeah, like, he said, I know, Jigga, like, you, you can rap, but can you rap for me? Yeah. <laughs> I love that confidence. I don't know. I, whenever I hear some, like, as I listen to this album, it was like when I was taking my notes, it was less that I had to say about the subject matter and more of me just asking myself like, damn, like, there was another thought that I had. So you know how like on on, on Eminem's uh, song, um, Till I Collapse, when he when he lists off his top 10? Mm-hmm. Like imagine if he mentioned most Def's name, would that make a difference? Because I felt that a lot of people didn't start talking about Andre 3000 until that time when, like people knew that Andre 3000 was nice, but when Eminem named him, you're right. A lot of people put stock into his into Eminem's top ten. So, do you think like if he mentioned most death? I think so. I think a lot of people because I think Redman got a lot yeah, of fans from yeah. him mentioning him, and a lot of people check for Redman and everything that Eminem touched in that time frame turned to fucking diamond. Yeah. Or mentioned. It's just something that I just think about because I'm just like making music. Like yeah, yeah. as I listen to this album, that's I swear to God, all I did was just compare him to other rappers. I'm sorry. Mm. I did it. I did it. I did it, Reg. Yeah, no, no, but I get it though, because uh he was just... in the black community, like we see most in a certain way, but then we've always wondered, at least I've always wondered, why people don't see him how we see him. And um, one thing that came up online a lot in recent years, shit, recent weeks, was the comparison to Andre 3000 of like, I saw somebody tweet like, oh, y'all don't give most Def the same amount of time and energy that y'all give Andre 3000. And I thought that was interesting. It's a reason for that. I don't think there is a reason for that. No, he don't give a fuck. Yeah, most definitely don't care. But the reason for that is Andre don't care either. Andre three, yeah, Andre was a part of a a group that crossed over and became like they were. They're a hip hop group, but they became a pop group. Mm -hmm. And I think that like you know they went on like major. They sold a bunch of records. They were on a record label that had like they were on. They were on LaFace, but they were LaFace's Arista. So they like they had a machine behind them to be presented and do a lot of things and. Like, you know, 
even though like a lot of their production is what they wanted to do and stuff like that, they made a lot of crossover commercial records, mm-hmm. and they they weren't um, they were safe in a sense of their their lyrical content that they talked about. Mm-hmm. If you if you present any of these albums to these to these white executives, like they're not like the fact that. Omi says got placement in a Michael Jordan in a brand Jordan commercial and I that, and I, that, I love that song. I yeah. love that song. Love that commercial. Right, but that that commercial, the reason why it worked because that was an extremely black commercial, mm-hmm. and that was like one that that song. Most people don't even know what the fuck he's saying. Mm-hmm. All it said, my Omi says, give your light to the world. But like if they would have put something else in there, from most deaf, like it, pe- white people would be horrified. Yeah, the CDC would be getting phone calls all day. Mm-hmm. From that commercial, mm-hmm. and that that commercial is so dope because you know. Like, yeah, so I just think it's Derek that. Jeter, Eddie yeah, Jones. That's an I, amazing. Yeah. I don't commercial. think it's I don't think it's a talent. I don't think it's a talent thing at all. I just think that it's just visibility. It is visibility, and it sucks because if if he would have at least put up with the film industry, I do think that he probably would get that recognition as as an artist. Yeah, because people would just buy into his music or like at least check it out. Yeah, into some form of him right. because he just didn't care to to give yeah. that, you know. Yeah, like like I wish that most deaf would have allowed Kanye to do what Common did. Yeah, at least mm-hmm. like yo, just 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 do a nine track album with most deaf Kanye. <laughs> just do it, and uh, I feel yeah. like he'll become big magic even right now. I think, yeah. like, of course, no, Kanye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of yeah. course they would. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness, um, I would love that right now. Like, shit, even just hit. What's the most recent thing we've heard? Um, most on most was on wasn't he on a Wayne album? I know he was on Rocky's. Alive. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the last thing was Rocky's album. On nah, every day. it's something. It's so something, good on that. It's something. Not not every day. He it was a uh, wavy bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was wavy bone. Uh, no, bone. not wavy bone. It wavy. was um. He was on Kid C Ghost. He was on Kid, but no, I'm saying on on a lot the Alala album. What song was um, most definitely? Was it wavy bone? Wavy. I think you're right. I think it was wavy bone. Let me see. Wavy Bone was Juicy J and UGK. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was Juicy J. So then who was it? Uh, it was Every Day, because I know Mark Ronson is on that. Nah, it's not. Most most Dev is not on, on Every Day on was Every Day. Rod Stewart. Back Home. Thank you. Back Home. Yeah, Back Home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 Freddie Gibbs. He was on Bandana. Yeah, he was on Bandana. Oh, Education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I yeah, may like not he be. Here. I may not be here. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I might. That, just and leave. that was an amazing feature. But uh, and it's education. <laughs> but no. So, Quiet Dog by Heart. One of the things that stands out to me on this on this record is the production. And when you listen to it, I can't help but feel like this would ring off so well live because I know he would do this with a band. It just sounds. It sounds so good. The production of this is amazing. Um, I just wish he cared to fucking do live shows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this will ring off. That's my that's my take on that one. Um, but it's, fo- it's followed by Life in Marvelous Times, which is produced by Mr. Flash. This song was played a lot. Yeah. This song was played a lot. Um, I remember like that's that time frame, hearing it a lot. Um, when I first came back, like I said, I just came back to New York, and like I would like be going, like I was learning what Williamsburg was and mm-hmm. <laughs> exploring New York, and like you know, 
I guess like this song was like a hipster staple right? mm-hmm. <laughs> because this song was played a lot at a lot yeah. of those spots. The, and there's a simplicity in this song of like uh, good and bad and how it's all just. This was the first song I heard off the album. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I didn't hear this album like the initial date. Like I heard it like in passing. And, like people, this was like a cool thing for like, like people my age that's not into like the mainstream hip hop. Like nah, the, I get it. In 2009, mm-hmm. what were you? 18, 19 years old. Yeah. I was 17. You were 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't think 17-year-old Mo Glow. <laughs> Mo with the Glow was listening to this. Yeah, like like all like the homies that's like, like they would be like, yeah, you, you're not up on what I'm listening to. Like they would like bring this up and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the okay. nigga that's very intelligent. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, like. Yeah. A lot of, a lot I, of, I understand what Tori said. Like Mo Def has a said lot of, a lot of things uh, yeah. that like. Yo, kind of most of has, he has a lot of fans that are that are elitist. Um, there are a lot of those rappers, right? That have like elitist fans, yeah. like uh, like MF Doom and Lupe. Lupe has those too. No, nah, Lupe Doom fans Doom, feel like they smarter than everyone. No, MF Doom fans really think they're smart, mm-hmm. bro. Like you, you can't say anything wrong about like yeah. any any critique about Doom. Like yeah, now nah, you just don't yeah, get you it. You just don't get it. Like you don't he have was to a different character. <laughs> and this, he's like, rapping. I was from one of this. those Lupe dudes. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, y'all not really up on this shit. Like he's talking. Oh yeah, when Dumb It Down came out, when Dumb It Down came out, niggas was in I thought bag. I was, a, I thought I was a college professor mm-hmm. explaining Dumb It Down to niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not up on this. I'm like, yo, we not doing this mainstream shit right now, nigga. <laughs> we listen to real hip hop. Nigga, you better get your backpack. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Lupe, follow the wave. And then Lupe dropped laser. And I was like, and that was right. it. I was like, bro. So fuck with you, but yeah, we off this for a little bit. Yeah, like you, find you and Trey songs together, bad mix. Yeah, that one Lupe mixtape that he dropped, Enemy of the State. Oh, that was my shit. I like Food and Liquor too, but like, a lot of people don't like that. You like Food and Liquor too? Yeah, I like, yeah. It's a, it's an audience for every everyone. Eli, yeah, Food and Liquor too was solid. Yeah. but um, but I did a write up on that. Remember? No, you that was on lasers. Oh, that was lasers. Um, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> the embassy is the next lasers? song. Everyone should, but he got Grammy nominated yeah, for Lazy, and he hates that album, and he hates that fucking album yeah, to this day. The embassy is the next song on this album, and it's produced by Mr. Flash and, of course, Yasin Bey himself. Um, how do we feel about this song? Um, at this point, the album, like I mentioned to Eli. Like, I started to slow down for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it gets to the embassy, I'm kind of <laughs> like, I don't know, no, brother. Yeah, it's like, you talented. Yeah. But, oh, I don't too, know. It's too much. It's too much to, like, take in. It's like, I'm still listening, but it's like, I'm not, like, nodding off, but it's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this, all is, right. this is intense. I'm still awake, like, bro. I'm still awake. Like, the album is not boring at all. But nah, it's, it's like, not. It's just like, are you gonna talk about a woman eventually, bro? Like, <laughs> he like, nigga, where is Miss Fat Booty? Yeah, yo, I'm thinking, <laughs> but he was like, I'm gonna keep coming back. Like, he was having like, you could just tell like he was in a good creative space. Like, mm-hmm. like every song, like it was just most deaf, like just rapping in his rare form. Like most deaf, like he's giving you a lesson in from his point of view and if however you take it you you take it but he's just rapping in this 
Like Mozef is like a like a reporter. All rappers yeah. are like a reporter in the, in a sense. So that nigga like, is not mm-hmm. rapping for us. He yeah. rapping for himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's 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 yeah. the big difference between Mighty Most and and the rest. Yeah. Um. So next we have our Spanish cut. <laughs> No, I, I don't even. I skipped this. Can you, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I skipped Sp- this. Spanish person, can you say? Can you pronounce this? Can you pronounce this song? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's talking about. No, can you can pronounce, pronounce the, the name, name of the song? song? Oh. <laughs> I just don't want to butcher it. You can't. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a person. <laughs> we have a Latin man of a Latin descent. One hundred percent. He is 100% Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. What did you say it was? No hay de mas. No hay de mas. No, no hay, no, mm-hmm. nada mas. Yeah, no, not, well, yeah, whatever. He said, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, no, um, but yes, no, which means there is nothing else is what it translates to. Um, yeah. That, is, yeah, that's what it translates to. And it's a very, I do like this song. It's not bad, but... I like this song. I didn't understand. I couldn't understand it. I tried to do some research as to what this meant. All I found was the translation of the title. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't even do that. I was just like, next Um, song. Yeah. Take copy and paste and put it in translate. You right. I I just went next song. I was like, I love love you most. Next song. Um, Okay. He said, well, he start, He starts off with Good Afternoon, Flacco. They call me Flacco, but my first name is Yasin Dante. The, first, the last name is Bay. That's like the translation, right, oh. um, of introducing himself. But it's a very smooth song nonetheless. You don't even have to know what this shit means. Quincy Jones absolutely appreciates this shit, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, he would. Brazilian music. He would. He loved, yo, hearing Quincy <laughs> Jones talk about Brazilian mu- music is mad funny. It's like Quincy Jones at all costs. At all costs. He's gonna. He said in that GQ fucking bubble wrap. He said in that GQ interview, he gonna live till he's 118, and I believe him. I believe him. I really do believe him. Quincy, like, Larry, in every genre of music, Quincy Jones has contributed to something. Oh yeah, every every. The fucking gold. Yeah, Yeah, hip hop album. Like, made a whole rap album. I love like, when he has shitted on the Beatles. K, K, <laughs> on the, oh, yeah, I love when he shitted on the fucking go, bro. My pops um, love Pussy Jones. It's like his but, favorite. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it follows up with Pistola follows up, and it's produced by O'Neill. Another, mm-hmm. it's another Spanish cut. Um, I love the placement of this song because it the flows. last one, yeah, it just flows. Yeah, um, and the title, which means handgun. Um, mm. I like it. What do you feel? Um, it was better than the previous song. <laughs> it was better. Yeah. This I look at this one kind of like a metaphor, in a sense. Like, oh. uh, like with him talking about it, it being about a gun, right? And then him him talking, kind of like describing like some gangster shit going on. I looked at it like he was trying to give a metaphor. Like I said before, uh, most is a very intelligent man. A certain shit to go over some people's heads, but that's mm-hmm. what I think he was getting for. So when I listen to Moses' music, like I try to like catch the double entendres and like what he's doing, because mm-hmm. he's also a very rhythmic, rhythmic person. Like I think that most could dance his ass off. He just strikes me as a person that has a lot of rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I just feel I like, like he wears whenever a lot he, of hats, like, like he does a lot. Oh, of for things. sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, this song is followed by Pretty Dancer. Pretty Dancer is produced by Madlib. Pick up your song for the you know. For the ladies you said you was looking for? Yeah, that's what I was... I was like, yo, when we get into that song... And I also think that it's very cool that, like, you know, on the song that we were referring to that he did on ASAP Rocky's Allah, like, like Rocky announces him, he says, like, you know, 
Pretty Flacco Sir. Mm-hmm. No, Pretty Flacco Senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's letting it be known, like, where he got the name from. And to think that, like, ASAP Rocky is, like, was, like, bumping most deaf mm-hmm. back in the day is actually really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rocky, Rocky got Rocky a big, has a, he's big on hip-hop. Yeah, bro. he's he has a very unconventional taste from what you would take. You would, I feel like. What you would expect. Yeah, yeah what you, wow. it's not what you would expect from Rocky to be into, I don't think. Or you would assume, um, like, you know, a lot yeah. of people would just assume that. Oh, okay. Like you know, this is like what Rocky thinks about yeah, music, like what yeah. he listens to. But like, nah, he actually has a very like large like like him actually being starstruck when he met Rakim because he's named he's after him. Rock, yeah, and like being starstruck when he met him was like I thought always a cool story. Yeah, he said his mom like Rakim signed his his mom signed a pamper for him and shit. That's dope. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, when he when he spoke. Um, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what follows up? What follows up that song is Workers' Comp. It's produced by Mr. Flash. Mm. How you feel? This is this is a part when I was like, when I told you, you like checking out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I know Eli's gonna be mad, but I started checking it out. Let Eli be mad. <laughs> mad. He ain't on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like checking out, but like it it still had like good like the music was still getting better, but it was mm-hmm. like it was just too much for me. Like yeah. listening listening to now like I think it's just cause like the the age I'm at now I don't mm-hmm. wanna listen to that much songs on the album anymore like yeah. I feel like 12 10, 12 is, it. is good enough for me and I think it's you, crazy you, cause when did that when did that become the standard for you because for me I know the exact album that it became a standard for me <laughs> for me I would like to say like 2017 it became like a thing for me like okay Cause like I was like heavier like yeah eighteen tracks we gonna get eighteen yeah. at least fifteen fire ones or like fourteen but after like I, after I listened to more life I was like yo we're good on like all these fucking songs on one album for like, me it was for me it was twenty ten it was Teflon Don Teflon Don was eleven songs and I was like oh, wow this ain't so bad at first I was like eleven but then like that song completely switched my palette of like intake with. what was the most tracks for you T on the album. I'm old, y'all. So I always thought that niggas was putting too many tracks on their albums, but I just I just gave up. Like, so we gotta <laughs> understand. Like for me, um, I've always thought that Illmatic is the perfect rap album. Mm-hmm. So like, I always felt that like rappers like added extra music for no reason, for and, like for fillers. <laughs> but then like I learned that like they put extra songs on it so they can get like more money. Like because like each album, they only ask like if I'm not mistaken. That, like labels, they only ask for ten to twelve songs on an album, right? Oh. But then when you put extra tracks on there, you get more money. So that's why rappers will put more songs. Yeah, yeah. Because it would yeah. be like a way for them to get more money. It was Especially like a, it was nowadays like a, with streaming. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a, albums back Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a trick for them to do that. So for a long time, I was just like, damn. Like the reason why like there aren't like I don't call a lot of albums classic. So the reason why. We, I used to always think to myself, like, the reason why we don't have a lot of classic albums because niggas putting all these fucking songs ruining their albums. Like, they're t- <laughs> like, they basically sabotaging themselves. Yeah, because after, like, so track I 12. Always, yeah. So I always, so I, I was always more intrigued with shorter albums mm-hmm. because I, I was like, all right, give me, give me the best. Give yeah. me the best of what you got, and I'm but cool also, with that. Also, rappers don't set out to make classic albums anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, it's more, it's a money game now. More, yeah. more than anything. Yeah, man. Shout out to Chris Brown. Even though I know he's not a rap, he's an R&B singer. 
Chris Brown said, yo, you know what? I'm going to make so much, so much music and <laughs> put it on one album mm-hmm. that this shit is going to just break streaming records. Him and Justin Bieber. Just... That nigga put 45 songs on the album and yeah. told me it's not cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Nah, it's... Like, even, like, one of my favorite albums of all time, which is The Made Ingredient by P-Rock and C.L. Smooth, I mm-hmm. go back and listen to that shit, like, at least, like, once a month. I'm like, bro, they really put all these fucking songs. Like, you didn't really need to, like, at least five of these songs. But yeah, I get why. Yeah. Explain, like, what Torian just said makes sense. Like, even, like, um, P-Rock has, like, this sub part group, like, this subgroup called I and I is him and, like, like five. Oh, you said subpar group, man. You, you, you meant that. You meant that. I did. Because <laughs> all he needed was Rob O, bro. He didn't need all them extra niggas in I and I, bro. Like he... um, <laughs> I but... love that. I love that that you that you a fan of P-Rock and C.O. Smooth. I love that for you. Yeah, his fucking ears perked up. You saw that when you said P-Rock and C.O. Smooth? I actually, I actually thought like y'all did. Like, I, I thought nah, y'all would have did that. I, it's certain albums I'll be wanting to do, but I just, I, yeah. I like... I don't you want to keep it to yourself? No, I not keep it to myself. I, haven't said no to any album. I haven't said no to it's, not one album. It's like I haven't, technically, I haven't said no to an album either. Nah. <laughs> well, I haven't said no to not, <laughs> Freeway? I didn't say no. Uh, I, there's, a, there's a few. I wanted to do a. I wanted to do the, the band album. And he was like, y'all can do that. Yeah, I, I didn't say no. I said, John, like you. Was, no, you said I'm not doing that. No, I'm I, said, I said, I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> I never said. Yeah, I'm gonna give you two opinions, what, and then I'm. Just no, like, so this is what I'm saying. I never said that that it can't be done. I just said I won't be on that episode. Yeah, that's what I mean by you saying no. Oh, I thought you were saying no. Like I like vetoed it. Like now nah, no, we no, can't no. do it. No, so okay, so I'll give you that. I said no to the band, mm-hmm. but no other records I said no to. When you said that you wanted to do Philadelphia Freeway and Beanie Truths, I mean uh, Beanie Truths, Beanie Seagulls, the reason, I said, damn, that's 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 gonna be that's gonna be fucking excruciating for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I didn't say <laughs> no. The band, okay, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> I was not sitting through it. You you couldn't pay me to listen to that. That was a fucking good shit. album, yo. That was a good album. I'm good, Diddy bro. Diddy don't have no misses, man. That's fine, bro. Like like if you I promise you if you want to do Diddy I get no like Diddy ain't got no misses. Name is misses. I'm good. Um, sure, I'm not trying to get hit by no bottle, bro. I'm good. <laughs> Just saying, man. I it, Diddy ain't got no misses. Any album that he stood behind was a good album. Yeah. Look into it. Um, right. But The Revelations. Revelations is the next song, and it's produced by Mad Lib. Amazing song. Every amazing production. Most deaf song. Right? Because um, of the Chappelle special. This song, I was just about to say, <laughs> this song got new legs <laughs> because of the, the Chappelle special. The reason why I say that, because I remember when the special dropped, one of my coworkers, we went out to like brunch, and like he don't really listen to like this type of like hip-hop lane. But like when I got in his car, he was playing it, and I was like, why are you playing this? Mm-hmm. Like We're about to go out. He's like... Oh, this is a cool song. You don't know about most of I said, I know about most of You don't know about most You don't know most of Don't disrespect me. And he was like, yeah, I heard it from the Chappelle song. I said, I said, everybody heard yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's this is like every hipster, it. like favorite most of I love that Chappelle can do that for artists like most. That's his boy. It is dope. Um, this, uh, the song that follows this one is Roses, produced by Georgia and Modro. What's our thoughts? Is this weird? I don't like this song. Yeah, I love this song. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not I, a fan. I started disconnecting. From we can, the yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can skip right over it then. Next song is actually uh, history. I like that song. History is produced by Jay Dilla, 
and it features Talib. Damn, that's so. This gotta be like one of Jadilla's like last last beats. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro. This yo. I'm be honest with you. It's it's, it's starting to worry me. It's starting to worry me because he has so much unreleased music. Mm-hmm. Like like niggas is just like getting like they pickings <laughs> at. Like there's another Dilla album coming out. Like mm-hmm. yes, oh, Dilla has a lot of music that was like unfinished. I feel like. And like he has so many beats that like just are there for rappers to use. You I know, know Black Thought had mentioned that he did like five songs with Dilla that didn't get released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you want to know what's funny. The funny thing to me now is is that there's a lot of uh, songs from uh, there's a lot of beats from Dilla that he probably would have never even wanted out. But <laughs> now is the fact that it's a Dilla song. I mean a Dilla beat. They, anybody would they'll just there's find the beauty in it. it. There's, yeah. there's, there's stocking in it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is stocking anything. Yeah, anything with Dylan name. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So this one is followed by Casa B. That's what ends off the album. Um. With this one, uh, Casa B. Like when I when I was re-listening to it, I didn't like it that much. Like the initial like first couple times mm-hmm. I listened to it. Not a bad listen, but it's like I would be fine without this song. Some more, you know, some more Brazilian type, some more Brazilian <laughs> I, music, yeah, you know. Not a nitpick, but it's just like I can still listen to those Brazilian music without like, like without getting upset, and like it was just like a breath of fresh air from like hearing most, like because most didn't drop an album like I, like before before that he dropped an album like oh five oh six right yeah 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 and then he didn't drop in like a couple years he did he like a couple years his, and he was like he in was the movie movies movie. yeah so like hearing most deaf and just like seeing people like excited to listen to most deaf and I me like a young guy at the time like oh the intelligent dude like he's making good music and I well not making good music and still making music it was good to listen to and now like hearing like backstories of like most deaf having a flop and like. He, well, he had two flops, and now like this album is like amazing. It's it was great. It was a great redemption story for most. Mm-hmm. I would like to say. I think it was too. Um, for me, I'll give this album. Hmm, that's tough. <laughs> I can give it. I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, I'll give this album a three and a half. Um. As much as the highlights on this album are really, really big for me. My favorite, my favorite most deaf album is still Black on Both Sides. Um, I got some great, great moments on this album, like I said, but um, it's one of those albums that I can nitpick. Um, There's just certain things on here that I don't need. A lot of these songs is is mixed very well. The placement is very, very well executed. The production is great. Um, but a lot of these songs I don't need. This, this is not my this is not my preference of the type of artist that most deaf is. This is not my representation of it. I give this album a three point five. Um Black on Both Sides, oh, Black it's Star. The, it's pinnacle. <laughs> are kinda like what how my introduction was to most and I enjoy this album though. This album is kind of like an outlier in his catalog. It's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a cheating on your wife kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like wow. you know, like you're That's attached. A good where you're, you're like, yo, I love, mm-hmm. I love what you do, 
But that that shit you did on the side, mm-hmm. I like that shit. Right? <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about it with this project, right? But I give it a three point five just for the simple fact that like this album was more for most death than it was for me. Well, I'm Torian B. I'm First Class Reg. Thank you guys for watching. We'll catch you next time. Peace.